travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Remote, out there, far flung. All these words perfectly describe the temple complex of Preakan Kampong Savai in central Cambodia. While located just 100 kilometers east of Angkor Wat proper, it's a lot further away from civilization than that. Located in Pre-Wehir province, it's the largest single religious complex ever built during the Angkorian era. Constructed during the 11th century, it's about five kilometers square with what initially would have been a massive moat around it. We talked about going here for years and finally made the journey in September 2018. Today, we're going to share how it all went down. From Bangkok, Thailand, this is Scott Coates and with me is... I like my little drum roll. Yeah. I did that in the last episode too, I believe. Uh, Trevor Ranges, for those who are new to the show. Uh, most of you have probably listened before. Hopefully. Uh, if you've listened before, maybe we've mentioned this trip for, for years. Sure did. Uh, we were trying to get out here. Uh, actually, when I was writing, uh, when I was researching uh, my book for National Geographic about Cambodia, which was back in 2008, uh, I went on a motorbike trip uh, with Richard from Siam Reap Dirt Bikes. Mm -hmm. And we drove from Siam Reap up to Priya Vihir Temple, which is on the border of Thailand. And then uh, we would be stopping Kok along the way, which is another big uh, ancient temple complex uh, from the Angkorian era. And then we were supposed to go to Priya Khan, um, but I had to kind of abort that portion of the trip and we had to go back to Siam Reap early. And uh, little did I know it was uh, going to take... Uh, 10 years for me to get back there. And, and you and I talked about it for years too. So, uh, you know, like I'm glad we finally did it and it is worthy of an episode. Yeah. I think we started talking about this when I lived in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, which is about five years ago when we started this podcast. And I think we were intrigued because obviously you wrote a guidebook about Cambodia and you'd been to more temples then than I had been to, and you've still been to more, but I hadn't been to some of the kind of secondary and tertiary sites like uh, Bante Chamar up in the north uh, west of the country or had not been to Wat Pu, which is in Laos. Uh, I have been to the major Khmer uh, monuments in Thailand like Pi Mai, like Phnom Rung and so forth. But you and I had both never been to this one. And I think it's for good reason because it's literally in the center of the country until very recently, uh, I, I think the roads were crap. Like they were really rough dirt roads. So this Pretty was kind of that one. motorbike, yeah. Yeah. So this was that one that I think we're like, okay, it's elusive. It's out there. You're not going to do a day trip there for sure. It's definitely an overnight trip and it's going to take some planning. So I guess that's why I was intrigued. How about you? Yeah. You know, I mean, again, having written the book uh, for National Geographic and really getting into the ancient history of, of the country, um, and you mentioned, mentioned Bente Chmar, which is up near the Thai border. Mm -hmm. So for those who are listening who have been to the Angkor temples, Angkor Thom is the, the large fortified city at Angkor. 
Um, and Jayavarman VII, uh, who built the city of Angkor Thom in the beginning of the 13th century, he built Bente Chmar Temple, which is slightly larger than Angkor Thom. Hmm. And, uh, and he built the, the last fortification around uh, Priya Khan, Kampong Svai. Uh, so those are kind of like the three great cities of, of his construction. But, uh, you know, the Priya Khan Temple complex, like you said, uh, dates back to at least the 11th century, more likely the 10th century. Um, uh, Surya Varman I, who was one of the, the great kings of Cambodian history, who didn't necessarily build any major monuments within the Angkor Temple complex. Uh, he was busy expanding his empire and, and conquering neighboring kingdoms and, and building monuments all around uh, disparate areas of the realm. Uh, he may have been the first one to establish Prayakon there. And he was also uh, arguably the first Buddhist king. Hmm. Um, so it's quite interesting, this temple. It's got very unique uh, history. It's got very unique carvings. Um, right now, it's in a very remote location. But in the day when it was built then, that would have been more towards the center of Cambodia. Angkor having been built uh, a bit farther to the west of the, the older kingdom of Sambor Prekuk. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, it was along a highway that, that was, was a road in Cambodia prior to the Khmer Rouge era that was uh, called Route 66. So it's actually along Route 66, which is also an ancient uh, Angkorian highway with hundreds of uh, brick bridges that, that go through that area. So, like, it would even be possible if we were really adventurous um, to do it on off-road motorcycles and follow the ancient road. That would be neat. Um, that would be that would be a real cool way to do it. So if we are going to go back, uh, you know, I would definitely like to go back too because it's such a mission to get there. Um, and even if you're just spending one night, uh, you don't really get to see all of the, the ruins because this was an ancient city. It's not just a single temple. And uh, we only got to see a, a few of the sites while we were there. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a journey that's only going to get easier as time goes on, mainly because as the country develops, uh, terrible dirt roads become kind of harder ones with shale. Um, and we'll get into that a bit. But uh, I mean, if we were thinking in our, our notes here, what to talk about is a bit what you were thinking before and how it played out. And I guess I was thinking before we went that the roads would be rougher than they were, although we encountered some rough roads. Um, and even though I knew it was big, I looked at it in Google Earth, I guess I somehow thought naively like, oh, we'll get there in two hours will be enough. And yeah, those that was kind of my impression. So how, how about you, Trevor? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's much easier if you go from Siem Reap. And I think that uh, if you go from Siem Reap, suppose you take a, a Jeep, maybe, or you have a, you know, a good four wheel drive vehicle. Um, I believe you, you might even be able to do it as a day trip now. Really? Um, when the like during the dry season, when the yeah, roads are, are good. Because um, it's much closer to Siem Reap. We went from Phnom Penh, mm-hmm. um, so it is quite a bit longer. And then we traveled on like main roads, like main sealed roads for a large portion of the drive. Um, and, it, and, and it's not only when you get off those main roads um, that uh, and even just getting the temple, that road wasn't even wasn't even so difficult. No. Uh, getting to Betreed, the place where we spent the night, that was a bit more of a mission. That was the gnarly part, um, which we'll get to. Yeah. But it, but it is a long ride, you know, like from Phnom Penh uh, to, to the temple did take us about six hours. Yeah. And, and I have a fair bit of motorbiking experience and, and off-road. And I'm, I'm very cognizant of don't let the kilometers fool you. Like it's actually, I don't remember the kilometer distance from Phnom Penh to the temple, but it's not a big number. And I'd driven 
to Siem Reap from Phnom Penh, I knew the road was going to be sealed a lot of it. So I was still somehow in my mind like, ah, three, four hours will be there. But it, it did it take says, uh, a lot, lot, lot longer to drive there. It, it took us a long 280 time. 280K. 280, yeah. And we were off at about 6.30, 6.45 a.m., something like that. Like, it was pretty early. And uh, we were with our friend Harold. And we were on a combination of, I believe, Honda XR and XLs. They are 250cc on-off-road bikes. Pretty good shape. Um, and, you know, tough to come by, actually. Like, we were thinking of doing this from CM Reap the year before and simply couldn't get bikes so anyone that tells you it's easy i don't think it is easy to get good bikes companies that have good bikes they want to use them for their own tours so we got these through harold's friend which was really good i've heard Encore motorcycles in phnom penh is good but these things change but we were on xrs and xls we headed off about 6 30 in the morning and yeah what i kind of one of my favorite memories still isn't even the temple, but you know, we headed off and about 30 minutes out of the city, we were on this strip of, you know, tarmac that literally had water on either side. And if you look at the maps just north of Phnom Penh, like it's just water with little bits of land. And I remember going by there and just seeing water all around us kind of, and that was, that was, that was really neat. That was kind of still one of my best memories. How about you? What do you remember about yeah, the early I part? Think yeah, again, I mean, the, the Cambodian countryside is really beautiful, and, and it's right there as soon as you get outside of the city. And, and we got off uh, the main road. We took one of the, the secondary roads. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there, you know, there's a little bit of traffic because it's just one lane going in either way. So you have to be careful uh, when you're riding a motorcycle in Cambodia. you got to keep your eyes on the road. You can't be looking at the scenery too much because there's lots of kids and chickens and pigs and cows and whatnot running in the road all the time you know um but yeah that scenery is really beautiful and then uh you know just uh, a couple hours north uh, there's a old temple there wat nokor wat nokor um that has a uh, an old throne i believe it is i have some notes from it i think i mentioned it in the book there's like an old 10th century stone throne okay uh, at that temple there but but it's a nice little pit stop along the way and again as, yeah, it was a nice as always if you go if you go to talktravelasia.com, I already started making a Google map for this so you can kind of see the route we took and you can see the stops along the way. Because mm-hmm. you do need to stop along the way when you're riding a bike oh, for, for like sure. six hours. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that was a neat stop. And then I remember we, we drove a bit further and we realized like we're not quite hungry yet, but who knows when we get to the temple what's going to be around there. And there was someone serving food. So we had a few plates of fried rice. And then we got back on the bikes and we arrived. You said it was about six hours. Hey, I think you're right. It, it did take like five, I six I don't know. Hours. I think it might have even been longer because we did get there quite a bit later than we had hoped. Yeah. Because um, again, like, I, I, sorry. We didn't dilly-dally either. No, we didn't. Uh, we we kept we put one at a pretty good clip. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we weren't sure of the directions a little bit there towards the end when we got off the main road. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we found it pretty easily. Um, and, and again, this is quite a large temple complex. Uh, when you look at the, the map on, uh, on the website, we'll have a link to the Google map again. You can see there's quite a number of satellite temples in addition to the main one. And uh, the first one we went to was the elephant temple. And they had those elephant uh, sculptures there. I believe there was a, a statue of Ganesh. Uh, Man, there is a cat the, battle going the, on. There's a cat fight going on outside <laughs> my place, yeah. Um, 
But, uh, you know, once we got to, to the temple there, you know, one of the first things that really struck me that was really cool were those really tall standing Buddhas. Remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, those were really neat. Yeah, and that was very unique. And uh, and I don't necessarily know the history of those, whether or not those were from the 13th century uh, construction from Jayavarman Seventh, or whether or not those were built perhaps later in the 16th century, because, uh, you know, I've seen some other temples at the Angkor era that have something much smaller, but in uh, a similar design. Um, so, you know, I'd still would like to learn more about these temples, but there, we're going to have photos on the, the website so you can check them out. But on the map again, like there, there's a bunch of satellite temples that we didn't make it to. Right. We just um, didn't have time. But, but, you know, we were the only people there. I mean, there was a couple yeah. of local guys there, but like, there's nobody out here. This is like, if you want to really, I mean, it's not necessarily a tomb raider experience. Cause I mean, we did, we did crawl through a couple of little collapsing corridors and you see those the face towers like you see at the Angkor Tom and the Bayon um, but it's just such a cool experience to be um, at, at temple ruins like this uh, when you have them all to yourself yeah and that is is a real point that there was really no one there you said there was a couple locals but yeah I'm just kind of going through the photos while we're talking about this and I suppose without being an enthusiast about these temples, like they do start to look rather similar, but you've mentioned all these satellite temples and you do have to keep in your mind that these things were a city. And I love with this one that I think the moat was what three kilometers on each side or something like that, or even five kilometers or something. It was the biggest temple ever yeah, the, built. The, the exterior kilometer yeah it's it's almost five kilometers per side mm. and then there's a giant beret like a, a artificial reservoir that yeah that punctuates the the exterior wow those cat those cats are going crazy sorry they are going for it um yeah, the, the Bente Shmar, the Temple of the Cat, is the other uh, one similar to this. I, I can't believe you haven't been there. You should go up there and check that out sometime. I've been but to yeah, Bente Khan, Oh, you have now? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, also, not as many people and, and also worth the, a, a road trip in and of itself. The only thing that was kind of a bummer when we got to uh, Prekhan here was just that um, because you're going to need to spend the night, uh, you can't linger too long. And, you know, there might be a little guest house in uh, Tasang, the, the village nearby there. Um, but we recommend that you stay in a place called Betreed. And Betreed is, uh, let's see, Google Maps here says that. How, how far is it from uh, Prekan? It, it, it doesn't seem that far, but... Uh, well, just before we get yeah. there, while you're looking it up, like uh, another thing I liked about this but people should be aware is that when you go to the temples kind of closer to Siem Reap the main kind of temples of Angkor they'll call them is some of them are now being kind of developed let's say where they build wooden walkways through them which is good to keep people off them Um, some of them have been restored to a point where it actually gives you more to look at and imagine what it was like and so here at Priyakan a lot of it's just collapsed destroyed like you'll get to portions where it's just a field of huge stones so you'd have to climb over a lot of stuff and make a lot of effort the other side is you can walk wherever the hell you want and and you could really spend as much time here as as you want and you mentioned the town really near to it has probably homestays and stuff and i think if i did it again i might stay there just to be closer to like really stay towards dusk but yeah the bee yeah. tree experience and the journey there is is probably as, as big a part of this story 
the other as one as I think would be like camping. Like, uh, Ooh, and, I, and I understand, like you know, like you do want to camp, but I think if you do camp, you need to hire like some police protection from the nearby town. Okay, like, you got to hire the police there right. to like look out for you because it is a very remote location, and and it would be kind of spooky. I think uh, camping inside of this complex again, it's like twenty five square kilometers just within that exterior moat, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's and, out and there. it is like. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 very undeveloped. Uh, you know, like you were saying, that the temples are largely collapsed. Now, for me, again, going back to, to temple geek uh, stuff, because it was built over successive reigns of kings over centuries. Um, for me, it's really fascinating to see how, like, you know, the, the carvings and the and the sculptures and the the style of the temples are different on the interior ones, which are the earlier ones than than the exterior ones. Which again was why I was like, ooh, I want to go see this. Ooh, I want to go see that. Ooh, I want to go and do more. But like, uh, since it took us so long to get there, and uh, you know, we had to get to this place, be treated. I just tried Google. Google told me that you can't get there from here. I tried to t- like how. <laughs> How far is it from Vitrine to Yeah, and it's like, no, Google's like, no, you can't do that. And and it's really funny because because we had a phone number for, for this guy and, and for the resort and we called and the, and they're like oh yeah you better uh, get a hold of the husband while he's in town and maybe you can follow him and and we got real lucky that we were able to get a hold of this guy and follow him yes. to, to this Beatreed yes. place because had we tried to find it on our own I think there's a good chance we would have been camping without tents in the middle of the jungle yeah so imagine we're at this temple complex I'm thinking it's probably like 4 o'clock or so um you know, in September, it's going to be dark by eh, seven o'clock, like dark, dark. And yeah. I remember we were kind of pushing it. We were getting close. But you're right. So P- B-Treed is run by, I believe, an American and an Aussie woman. And they have two kids. And the idea is they've been saving Kamea Forest, protecting Kamea Forest. And they've opened up kind of a guest house um, for people to stay at. And, and there's a marker on a map. But out there, it's just dirt tracks here and there through the Yeah, trees. there's no road on Google. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you had directions or they told you, like, go here and turn left at the tree or whatever. And he was driving back, <laughs> yeah. I believe, from Phnom Penh back there. So you'd called him and somehow arranged for him to meet us at the little town on the edge of the temple complex. And you're absolutely right. You and I talk about this and kid about it all the time. I think I'm reasonably good with directions. We've both navigated he acted like, and he was a nice guy, but he acted like all kinds of people just find their way on their own. It's super easy. Oh, yeah. No, yeah like, yeah, oh, yeah. And he, yeah, but yeah. there's, I think it's very, it's very, very small chance we would have made it there on our own before dark because he was very, in a, very small. Yeah, he was in a four wheel drive and he acted really nonchalant about it. Like we we're almost pussies because we needed to follow him. But you know, we followed him along kind yeah. of rough roads through the trees. No, yeah, and then and then we got to like a river. Like he had a four wheel drive truck, right? So yeah, yeah, and and this one river, like it was like at, it was more than waist deep. Like there was no way we were driving the bike. It was through over there. the and exhaust then, on the motorcycle because the motorbike stalled going through it. Well, we were going to hire, like, there were some guys there. We were debating, like, you know, getting some bamboo and, and having these guys, like, put the bamboo through the spokes of the motorcycle wheels and have them carry it on their shoulders right, across the, the water. water. And and then we found uh, that there was, like, a, a series of interconnected swinging bridges that uh, yes. we ended up having to, to drive That's across. Right. We went across a swinging bridge that was very swinging. It was it was it was multiple swinging bridges because I remember you had to you had to shoot up this hill just to drop into the Get first swinging it, yeah. bridge, 
and and then that connected to another swinging bridge that was going in a different direction and like you, you had to do it without even seeing what you were going to do and you had no idea how dangerous it was and it was over this deep river and and we all we all nailed it and got across and uh, and it still it took you know we we barely got there before dark i think barely, uh, yeah. even though it was it, it took a while we yeah yeah was, uh, i've done a reasonable and then <laughs> and then this guy was like hey did you you brought food right <laughs> yeah so just a precursor i've done a reasonable amount of dirt biking and and both of those rivers and that bridge you mentioned those tested my experience like it was not easy and and yeah so you're right we roll up just as it's getting dark and we're in the bloody middle of nowhere like honestly like you're what 30 40 kilometers from a tiny like camaro post and yeah he kind of looks at us like oh did you guys bring food or what did you bring for food and we just kind of, I honestly thought he was joking, right? Again, he was a nice guy, but it was just weird. And he's like, did you guys bring food? We're like, what are you talking about? Bring food. He goes, oh, like, did you guys book dinner? We're like, book dinner? What are you, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> thinking like, where are we going to eat? Yeah, I couldn't and tell. He, he was so deadpan. I couldn't yeah. tell whether he was busting our chops no. or not. But his wife was an amazing cook. And they, they all do all vegetarian food. And mm. we sat down in, in their, their open-air home that they built themselves and and the food was amazing and and they were such warm and welcoming hosts and uh you know like you mentioned earlier like what they're out there doing is protecting the forest they're like he goes out there and he makes sure that like nobody's out there doing illegal logging and he confiscates people's saws and stuff it's it's pretty uh it's very respectable and it's and it's quite crazy if you ask me yeah i'm kind of surprised he's alive because you read a lot of stories about people protecting forests, like locals that get murdered and turn up dead and stuff. And I mean, these are foreigners, right, with two teenage daughters, and they are living really remote. And to confront people cutting down trees and to take their chainsaws, I mean, it's super noble. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they're doing it. But yeah, they have a. I'd like to. Sorry. Yeah, I'd like to go back there again, too, because he built like a zip line. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did you do the zip line? I didn't ride it. But there's also there's some Ang- there's Angkor era ruins out there as well that he told us about. And I was like, ah, like, that would be great to go and visit the little Angkor outpost that that's out in that area. Mm. Um, it's just an amazing location. Yeah. So we stayed in a separate house and these things are on, uh, you know, piles, pillars. The, the house we stayed in was, you know, like, I don't know, three meters above the ground and really comfortable. I think it had three or four oh, small really beds with yeah. mosquito nice nets. mosquito nets. Yeah, they had a Great nice shower. outdoor shower Great with shower. warm water if you needed. And, yeah. and so it was comfortable. But like, it's open air, more or less. So you hear all the sounds and I think there was some big bugs in there in the morning. But then for our dinner, which luckily we didn't book, but it, it was there. We went over <laughs> to their house and their house is like a normal house, but just kind of more open air. And they were super welcoming and their teenage daughters, like you mentioned before we recorded as well adjusted, like, holy hell, if you had to put me growing up out there, I would have been a lunatic. Like super these, sociable. Yeah. yeah, was like, they were yeah really yeah. super sociable. Nice, nice daughters they had. And yeah, it made for a really nice night. And the next morning, uh, you and Harold went off and saw the zip line. I can't remember why I didn't. And then we did. Your shoe have, fell apart. You're right. Actually, my shoe fell apart. The whole sole of my shoe came off one hour into the trip. So I was driving with one kind of hiking boot that had absolutely no sole in it for the trip. That's right. I forgot about that. And uh, yeah, it was a neat experience. And much like rushing out of the temple, we had to leave there sooner than we wanted, let's say at 10 or 1030, because we had to make the journey back to Siem Reap. 
but that drive was great. I, I I really enjoyed that ride a whole lot better. You know, like when we left Beatreed, again, he gave us instructions for how to get out of there. And, it's easy. Uh, we, <laughs> it's easy. You just go left and then right, and then you get to the river, and then you go yeah, left, right. and then you go through the river. Yeah. And I remember we, we, we got to this one river, and we weren't sure whether it was crossable, and then you powered across it. Yeah. And then we figured out that we didn't need to cross it, and you had Came to come back. back across it. Yeah. Yeah, but then once we found the right road, I remember we, we went up through this hill, and we drove through like a tunnel of trees like yeah the trees completely enveloped the road it was like getting barreled by a wave surfing and that was amazing and then there was that massive hill that i, I wiped out on trying to get up remember i do remember and, that uh, i wasn't going to bring it yeah. up but, okay no but yeah but that was that was like damn that's a big hill big boulders and stuff uh but that i suppose that's the road you would come in on uh I guess from cm so. rip if you were to go there from cm rip and so it's still it's not an easy road but that road was was quite a bit better from uh, Beatree to uh, Route 64, which uh, then goes past Bangmelia, which we did not stop at, and then we just powered right on to Siem Reap. So we got back to Siem Reap like a whole lot quicker. Mm. Um, but I really did enjoy that 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 second day of riding. Uh, just it was a bit more of an enjoyable ride. Yeah, and you also go by the turnoff for Pre Roop, which is a significant monument uh, between Siem Reap and there. So you're right, you could do it in a day trip, but that'd be a really long day trip. Um, I think if we were to do this again, I'd probably go at it from CM Rip and maybe stay, I don't know, maybe try a homestay right near to the temples to have a full kind of till sundown. Or, or do, do two nights at Beatreed because then like yeah. you could drive out. You drive out like the first day you stay at Beatreed, you do like the zip line and you check out like the little temple that they have near there on that first day. And then you leave Beatreed early that morning to, mm-hmm. to drive down to Priyakan. And then you can spend the whole day there at the temple. You can have like a picnic and you can visit like all the satellites and everything and then go back to Beatreed in the evening and then head back the next day. I think that would probably be the best way to do it yeah I, I guess you do the best with the time you have um there's a wee bit of me that just wishes we'd had another hour or two because we were just there for a bit mm. over two but you know again we made the most of it and you and i've chuckled so many times again i, I i'm not speaking disparagingly of the husband of the owner of Tree, but man that in all my travels i really think it's it, it's one of my funniest experiences and that this guy's attitude was that it was so easy to get in and out of where they stay and everyone does it. And there's like, there's absolutely no way. It was preposterous because it wasn't easy, but it was a really neat experience and it was a nice place and they run it with a lot of heart and care. And I'm delighted that we finally got to that temple because, you know, again, it's only going to get easier and quicker to get there over the years. But man, that was like, I've now been to all the major, major command monuments and that one was pretty cool. In Cambodia, have you been to Pimai in Thailand? Yes, I have. I've been to all the Khmer uh, uh, monuments in Thailand. You've been to Rung also? Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So those, I haven't been to Pimai yet, uh, or Phnom Rung. Um, those are both in Thailand. Really, really neat. Phnom Rung is, is well. I wanted to go on my birthday because uh, during like the equinoxes, like the, the sun rises and you can see it like through like a series of doorways that goes all the way from one side of the temple all the way out the other side of the temple. And there's like a, a phallic linga in the center and you can see the sunrise 
through all the doorways uh, twice a year for uh, alternately sunrise and sunset. And that was on my birthday one year, and I, I didn't make it there, unfortunately. Yeah, I've never seen it. So, I mean, this episode is kind of one that I think you and I were throwing around calling like out there, the out there series. And yeah, it, it is it is out there. Like, I, I wouldn't say if it's your first time to Cambodia to go, unless, say, you're a motorcycle enthusiast. I think you've got a like second or third trip, or you got to have a real interest in in secondary sites and and, and it, it lived up to it to me and it, so much so that I, I do want to go back and, and have like a whole day where I could just almost sit down and read a book for a while somewhere and just yeah. look at it all right I think at, and like I mentioned earlier I think maybe with the jeeps you know Cambodia jeeps we've talked about on a couple of episodes uh, that we discussed Cambodia uh, that would be a cool way to do it also like maybe with the way that I did it uh, back in 2008 by going from Siem Reap going to Kalke and then up to Priya Vihir Temple mm. Priya Vihir Temple uh, also spectacular it is great it's on the cliff it's on a cliff amazing uh, on the border of Thailand and Cambodia um, it, it's spectacular. Um, then you can spend the night up there and then you drive down. And actually that road, the drive down from Priya Vihir down to Prekan Kampong Svai, if you take some secondary roads that goes through the Kulen Promtep Wildlife Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like these guys who are out here protecting trees, there is some beautiful countryside. There are some nice little windy roads uh, that, that make beautiful driving. Um, so it, it, this is, you know, a really beautiful part of the country. You're not going to see very many tourists at all if you did a loop like this. Um, so yeah, for people who, uh, want to get away from the tourists a little bit and want to see a little bit of Cambodian countryside and experience some temples that, uh, aren't going to be not even overrun with other tourists, (laughs) but possibly no other tourists, uh, anywhere to be seen. Uh, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a great experience. Yeah. I was delighted we did it. I've had a lot of fun talking about it, remembering it, because we talked about it for a long, long, long time. So, uh, yeah, fun, Trevor. I, I can't wait till we get to go again. And I, I think we will do it again sometime. So look, everyone, uh, Trevor and I do this out of our love for travel and love of sharing travel. We pay for everything out of our own pockets. So we really have to ask for some financial assistance. And to do that, you can go to patreon.com, search Talk Travel Asia, and there's all kind of options from $1 a month upwards. Some of the higher options, we'll talk about you on the show, send you a postcard, etc. So please do sponsor the show. Thank you so much for listening. Trevor, why don't you take us out of this episode? Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate your patronage, not just any financial support you can give, but uh, thanks for listening. You know, this is a hobby Scott and I have been doing for a number of years, and, uh, you know, it's been a good way for us to keep our friendship alive. We get to speak with each other every couple of yeah. weeks and uh, get to plan some trips together. Uh, you know, we've, we've been discussing some that we might take together in the next year that will be good episodes for us to share with you in the future. So uh, thanks for being a part of our talk travel asia family and uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another exciting episode uh, most likely with a guest thanks for joining us on talk travel asia we look forward to sharing with you again soon hey scott do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and-